The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Well, <laughs> there's an expression in Japanese that comes to my mind um, at occasions like this. And I first learned it when I was uh, working um, at a company in Tokyo. And at the end of the day, um, at the end of the work day, the boss would come around and um, thank all of us workers and would bow to each one of us and say, Otsukare sama deshita. Um, which I learned translated to thank you for your efforts you know and um, there was this other little catch that you couldn't leave before the boss did so (laughs) he was waiting for him to say goodbye (laughs) get out of there Um, and I feel very appreciative of our day of practice together and our collective efforts. I think your sitting and walking uh, supported me. I felt very um, supported and um, inspired. And I also very much appreciated the way that the meals unfolded and just the taking care of, taking care of our practice place. And it would feel a little, you know, it would have a different feeling if we just came in here and and sat and left. And, you know, so it's nice to, to be together and to, to um, allow our meditative practice to include taking care of things, taking care of this place, taking care of each other. Um, there's this saying that in the Dharma, there are only two practices, um, sitting and sweeping the temple and uh, and the whole world is the temple you know so um, this morning I suggested as a theme um, softness a soft flexible mind Um, rather than trying harder, what is it to try softer? Um, With the idea being that this softness supports us in being with things as they are. 
rather than asserting our will and uh, trying to control. this kind of receptive awareness, receptive knowing. Um, In our insight practice and vipassana practice, it's sometimes said that the goal of practice is to is to see impermanence, is to see how things change. Um, Kind of maybe you could say this is the primary insight in insight meditation. Um, Whatever has the nature to arise has the nature to pass away. The very fact that something is here in our experience means it will disappear. I think on some level, we we know this, we get this, but um, what is it to uh, so deep, so deeply um, meet this truth? that the mind lets go. The mind sees that there isn't anything to actually hold on to. Um, And so what supports this encounter with impermanence, this, this meeting of impermanence, in a soft, deep, open way. Um, well, one of the main supports for this is just what we've been doing today, cultivating this capacity to be with experience. Sometimes it will be pleasant, sometimes it will be unpleasant. Sometimes we'll like it, sometimes we won't. Sometimes we'll feel happy and light and peaceful, and sometimes we'll feel contracted and uh, frustrated and agitated. And um, at some point, we start to shift into a way of being that isn't so dependent on how, uh, isn't so dependent on what's happening. You know, little by little, we are expanding this container. You know, when, our, when my container is very small, very narrow, I can't tolerate something that's outside of this narrow range. You know, um, if I'm grouchy and... Uh, sleep-deprived and irritated, you know, and s- I'm driving and someone cuts me off and she, he's like, ah, you know. Um, 
you know, I'm late for something and someone's not moving, going slowly, you know, impatience is arising. My container is small. But when uh, I'm fortunate enough to uh, have some spaciousness, some sense of ease, when the conditions come together for this, you know, I'm not late for anything. I've got lots of time. Oh, okay, you want to go? Go ahead. You know, no problem. Um, the Buddha talked about this, the difference between putting uh, a drop of red dye in a glass like this. You know, you drop one drop into it and it's all completely colored. Um, same drop and you drop it in the ocean, in the Pacific Ocean. You know, it's like, uh, so, in, in this simple willingness to stay with our experience as it is, to breathe with it, to be with it, to accept the feelings that come up, to have this intention as much as possible to be still. Um, We're growing our capacity to uh, tolerate all the whole range of human feelings and human experiences. Um, So sitting a day like today where we can just watch the mind, watch the heart move through these changing moods. Um, It's a very, very helpful practice. Um, To cultivate stillness and stability turns out that this very stillness um, helps us to see change. The more the mind is busy and moving a lot, you know, these mind waves, then it's very hard when water is, is, you know, um, really stirred up. It's not so clear. We can't really see through. We can't see through to the bottom. But when water is still, um, it's clear, you know. So um, when the mind is very busy with with thinking and uh, caught up in, in various dramas, things seem fixed, things seem very solid, you know. but when we, when things settle down a little bit, quiet down a little bit, um, we begin to perceive this world of change, this world of impermanence. Um, the image I often think about is a cloudy glass of tap water. Not so much here, but where, where, <laughs> where I grew up in New York, I remember that the tap water 
would often be cloudy. And then the only way, f- the only thing you could really do was just leave it alone. Put that glass on the table and in a little while it would become clear, something would settle and, and there would be this magical clarity, you know? And I think that we're somewhat similar. It's, it's not so much that we need to develop some extraordinary capacities that we don't have. You know, that other, someone else or someone in a cave in Tibet may have. Um, maybe, I don't know. But um, more likely is that uh, to leave ourselves alone, to let something settle without continually being stirred up. You know, we get stirred up by our thinking, by our desires and aversions. And um, so, so to just let, let something settle, it's like uh, the clarity appears. And so in this way, we are not so much endeavoring to empty the mind and get to some place where we're blank and there's nothing happening, but rather something about coming to peace with the contents of our mind just as, as they are. And... Um, it turns out that this is quite a useful practice for our everyday life. It's very unlikely, I mean, maybe the only thing less likely than emptying our minds completely is emptying our life completely, (laughs) you know? And how much better to come to peace with the contents of our life. You know, all the different elements um, we're learning to harmonize with and meet in, in a way that gives attention and care and respect. Um, as we begin to uh, enter more and more into this world of change and impermanence, sometimes we start to feel like um, there there can be some level of disorientation. It's like, what can I depend on? Um, if everything is changing moment to moment, um, where is safety? What is reliable? What is dependable? I was remembering that um, 
in 2008, uh, having this, being, being on some long retreats and then catching glimpses of the news and what was happening and the financial crisis and various sort of breathless commentaries about maybe the dollar will collapse and what? <laughs> and this or that. And um, this feeling of there not being ground. Um, so as we begin to see more and more um, of impermanence, of change, uh, it's possible, you know, so uh, this can arise, this question, what, what, what is dependable? Um, from, the, from the Dharma teachings, from the Dharma point of view, um, the answer to this question is, is often given as refuge, um, which literally means uh, safety. What is a refuge, but is a safe place? And um, in our tradition here, there is a um, invitation uh, to look for safety in um, this inherent capacity that each of us has to be awake, to listen, to look, to observe, to know. What does it mean to take refuge in this knowing? Um, well, it's the other piece of this know is what do we know? What do we see? And so it's suggested that when we are able to see and know for ourselves how things are, the way things are, this becomes our refuge, you know, uh, to see truth, to see um, the reality of things. Um, this is a much more reliable refuge than any kind of uh, belief or phenomenal experience is to really know for ourselves, this is what's true. This is how things are. So in the language of uh, the, the Buddhist tradition, this is knowing the Dharma. Dharma means how things are, the way things, way things are. And Buddha means to know, to know this. So Buddha knowing the Dharma. And um, when we are awake and alive to truth, to how things are, then um, uh, we can act in the world. We can do something together, uh, do something that's wholesome, that's good, that supports what is good. So this is called sangha. 
this is Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha. Like the three legs of a stool. Um, it's suggested that this is something we can depend on. Um, Buddha meaning who I don't know if I want to say who we really are, but um, who we are when we are awake, when we uh, know, when we um, are alive to our experience. Dharma is what we wake up to, and Sangha is the manifestation of this, this together, togetherness activity of what we're doing today together. So, um, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a world that is inherently uncertain and unpredictable, um, it is so wonderful that we have a practice that addresses this. And um, this potential to, um, to be peaceful, to, be, uh, to grow as insightful and compassionate beings um, when we are aligned with what is true, you know. Um, when we're aligned with how things are, when we're aligned with Dharma, this is what brings peace. This is what brings uh, freedom. Um, You might have heard the word equanimity. Equanimity is this very balanced quality of mind, peaceful, balanced, not swayed by things, you know. Usually, in an ordinary way of thinking, you know, someone says, someone praises us and we feel great. And then someone criticizes and praises, we feel great, you know. And so we're we're like a puppet moved around by uh, external circumstances. And so equanimity is this quality of the mind, quality of the heart that is, is balanced and um, sort of independent, is not, is not moved by um, praise and blame, fame and uh, having a good reputation or a bad reputation, what are people saying about me, pleasant feeling, unpleasant feeling. Equanimity is um, even, is peaceful. And this, this balance of mind, this peacefulness, is said to come directly from seeing change, 
from seeing impermanence. It's not that we block out change. It's not that we put cotton in our ears and put a blindfold on and, you know, um, we actually open all the doors in the house. We open the sense doors and without fear, without um, preference, we sit right in the middle of our life and um, the more we uh, are able to do this and, and, and see deeply into uh, the changing nature of things, uh, little by little we soften, we relax, we let go of uh, our agenda, which can be so fixed and um, uh, sort of take our place in, in, in the middle of the flow of things. So, thank you for flowing uh, together today and um, it was very sweet to practice with you and um, like I often say at the end of a retreat any extended period of practice um, maybe don't be so um, quick to evaluate what happened today, you know, to allow this experience of practice to just work through us. Um, one of my teachers talks about it's almost like a worm that's eating its way. <laughs> that's a great image. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's working on us. We, you know, we don't, we can't know all of the uh, ways that we've been changed or all of the ways that our collective efforts have impacted this world. Um, but we can trust that um, uh, there is tremendous value in, you know, just as the scarecrow uh, you know, taking our place, taking our position is not in vain. Um, and so not to be so uh, quick to evaluate or, um, yeah, just to allow this experience to unfold in the, in the days to come. And, um, and maybe we can dedicate uh, whatever benefit, whatever goodness uh, comes come out of our time together for the welfare and benefit of ourselves, you know, of the people in our life, and widening that circle out to uh, all beings so that all beings may be seen, and known and appreciated and cherished 
just as they are, just as we've been practicing um, for ourselves. So, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs>